you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics. We're the paranormal podcast for the believers, the doubters, and everyone in between. And um, Ben, before we um, get into the episode, which uh, you've you've put together this week, um, I did find a funny story actually that I thought I'd share, and it's about somebody we've mentioned on the podcast before, and we both love. Oh yeah. Happy Monday singer, Black Grape singer, UFO-ologist, Sean Ryder. Oh, yes, yes, big fan, yeah. Oh, what's, what's he done now? Well, it, brilliant, this is a great story. It, 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 Sean Ryder fears his years of UFO sightings could be the result of his dodgy eyes, was the headline. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. The Happy Monday singer, 59, is now doubting the existence of UFOs he has been seeing for many years outside his Manchester home due to his poor eyesight. Sean fears his years of UFO sightings could simply be the result of his dodgy eyes. Uh, He goes on to say that he has very bad floaters. I hate those little floaters in your eyes. Oh, yeah. He thought he was going blind. He goes to the doctor. The doctor says, no, you're not going blind. But it did make him think... He said, when you're going blind, you start to see things. I'm not going blind, but I had it checked out. But I'm the sort of person who may be hallucinating and seeing mad things, <laughs> which is fair enough. Um, um, that is fair enough. But I thought that the first UFO sighting he saw outside that bus uh, bus stop... He was, he was com- young, right? He was young and completely sober. Yeah, yeah. Sean said, if his sightings are not related to his eye issues, aliens may be targeting him as he's been uh, mouthing off about them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He's been mugging us off. (laughs) He said, he says, once you start effing mithering, they just don't leave you alone. I saw a UFO just before COVID, just outside my house again. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I tell you one thing it did make me think, though, reading that story. Listeners outside the uh, UK might not know, not get this reference, but there is a uh, a brand, a shop that sells glasses, uh, and they've got this advertising campaign, which is should have gone to Specsavers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's like, like there's one ad where there's a guy who's a vet, and uh, there's a kind of fluffy hat <laughs> in front of him, and he thinks it's a kind of he thinks it's a cat in trouble and tries to revive it, and then you you get the headline, you know. Should have gone spec savers. I mm. thought Sean Ryder could do a good one on UFOs from this story. Well, I, do you know it did that sort of story also smacks of a press release from? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I wonder if he's got a new TV show or something coming up. But yeah, but I'd love it if he did one of those ads. If he if he hasn't thought about it, Sean, just go to him with the idea because you know you could. I mean, there's all that rave culture stuff. He could have been seeing. You know, stroby lights and glow sticks and <laughs> Bez's maracas. Basically, his UFO sightings over all these years were just Bez's maracas. Probably doesn't even know Bez was in the Happy Mondays, does he? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, God love him. I do oh, hope. I love Sean. Yeah, brilliant. I, I do hope they really were UFOs, but I, I also too. hope that he's not being like abducted or something. I mean, well, on the other hand, that might be a great show. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I I still hold out hope he'll come on our show. Yeah, if you if you're listening, she'll come on our show. We'd love to have you on. We're massive Happy Mondays fans, Black Grape fans, and your your fantastic documentaries you've done on UFOs. That's my appeal. Sean, come on the show. Thank you. If you know Sean, if anyone knows Sean. Please play him that. <laughs> we we could tell him with Joe Rogan with his eyesight. He wouldn't even know. He'd come on. <laughs> I'm really terrible at an American accent, though. I can't do one. Uh, yeah, that's a point. Uh, we'll have to think of something else. We'll <laughs> d- d- we'll get a voice changer. It'll be yeah. fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. So yeah, I that just I thought I'd share that because it did make me giggle when I saw that story. So coming up this week, um. I, I I've always been obsessed with um, sexy demons, as I'm sure you have. Like you probably wake up in the morning, you're like, "Ah, oh, sexy demons." But um, 
I'll, I'll sort of roll into the story uh, stories gently, but um, this episode definitely isn't for uh, young ears. So um, that's just a uh, a pre warning because it's very hard to talk about these subjects <laughs> without getting slightly slightly into the mechanics of like how it all works how it all works how I, it all I, w- works. I wish i'd known that before i started because otherwise i wouldn't have done my effing mithering when i was talking about <laughs> sean's story no no that's fine we don't need to be overly explicit where it's not needed this yeah. only goes so far as like a uh, a gcse biology lesson really oh cool okay but but to get us into it and to set the scene and the reason I'm doing sexy demons. Did you see the Demon Stone story this week? Did this cross your desk? I didn't know. This is I was too, I was too busy with my bad eyesight and Sean Ryder. Ah, right. So this happened in Japan. Uh, there is a a stone called the, and I oh, I practice these things and then I go <laughs> to on, do it go for, for it. it. I think it's called the Sesho Seki Killing Stone. And it is said to seal the spirit of a vengeful demon from the outside world. And this stone has unfortunately split in half. The spirit supposedly haunted the rock. And this rock was registered as a local historical site in 1957 until a Buddhist priest performed rituals to finally make the spirit rest. But unfortunately, and this uh, report comes to you from The Guardian, um, this week, the killing stone has split in two from uh, natural causes. The the most likely thing is natural erosion. Um, and it's volcanic rock, and there are cracks in uh, various places in it, and they finally split. It eroded from the inside, and now apparently this uh, vengeful killing loose. demon is on the loose. Wow. And there are some people saying, you know, the terrible events in the world at the moment has lured the demon back oh. to life and oh. it's um uh it's going after it so the it was the, it wasn't like a dodgy monk who basically dropped it while no one was looking or anything it's not related to that. no no so so this is it is a really sacred rock and it is a tourist attraction but it is it's kind of like um fenced off so you can't get anywhere near it right but um it, the the story behind it, which I think is interesting, it only takes a couple of seconds to explain. It comes from uh, so obviously it's embedded in Japanese m- mythology, but there was a uh, uh, a woman called Tamamo no Mei, and she was supposedly a beautiful woman whose spirit was possessed by the nine tailed fox or Kitsune a demon spirit known for trickery and deception using disguise and known to answer any question asked of her tamin <laughs> tamamo no meo was part of a plot to seduce and kill emperor toba who fell sick as a result the fox spirit was exposed and hunted by two mythological warriors and the spirit embedded itself into the sashima the sasho saki stone <laughs> It's easy for me to say, as a last resort, which released a poisonous gas that anyone who touched it was killed from. So um, there's quite a, a deep story there. We've we've got nine-tailed foxes, a beautiful princess, and um, a, a stone which has fallen apart. But that that might explain some of the stuff that's happening right In now. In the world, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that led me into thinking... We, we did this thing a couple of weeks ago where we talked about pure evil and we touched on what demons are and you know we always say on this show we're not very comfortable always using the term demon because it has a lot of um i guess religious connotations and it's not quite an objective term so i would say you know like perhaps a, a, a an entity that has never been corporeal and yeah. has come into existence or has come from another another realm, for example, is something that we're talking about here. But I thought, well, look, we've got this demon stone. <laughs> Let's look at sexy demons because there are sexy demons. <laughs> and you have probably come across the succubus and the incubus. Are you familiar yeah. with those? Right, I am okay. indeed, yeah. Okay, well, so we will, if, if you're not familiar with those, we will come on to those. But the first point of call for these stories 
is actually a uh, an academic paper from the Industrial Psychology of India, who published a paper on the phenomena. Now, I didn't know anything about the Industrial Psychology of India uh, institution whatsoever, but this good, is good name for a band. Isn't it just, it reminded me of Boards of Canada. Yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, basically, the way to understand it, I've, I've done some research on it, and it, it's slightly hard to understand because I thought, well, is this a university? Is this whatever it is? Turns out it is a, um, an institution set up to improve the way that uh, commerce is done in India. So investigating better ways of, you know, building factories, encouraging workers into better work ethics, that sort of thing. I'll right? tell you what, Ben, I would have loved to have been at that brainstorming. We need to, that's our objective. What's the answer? Sexy demons. It's not like the answer, unfortunately, is always sexy demons. <laughs> yeah. And how do we um, increase footfall? Sexy demons. Sexy how, do, demons. <laughs> how do we get our third quarter ratings up? Sexy demons. <laughs> <laughs> Profits were down ten percent last quarter. Sexy demons. <laughs> so, so this this topic g- g- looks very specifically at some studied cases uh, that involve succubus and the male equivalent, which is an incubus. So for anybody that doesn't know, a succubus is understood to be, I'll I'll use the word demon because this paper uses the word demon and I think we all understand what that is. In a female form that is a supernatural entity, obviously, because it's a demon, and appears in the dreams of men and causes sexual activity. Now, I think the dreams bit, is sort of the contentious bit because although this paper cites it comes in their dreams, some people, and we'll come on to this, claim to have met succubi and incubi in perfectly lucid states. Yeah. 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 Um, But because this comes from India, I just wanted to explain because there is a little bit of the paper which contextualizes the succubus within... Um, the belief system of India, and I thought this was really interesting. This was completely new to me. So it, it explains that in India, the succubus is referred to as the Yakshini, and they are attendees of the Hindu god of wealth, Kubera, and they are considered to be guardians of hidden treasure in the earth. They are shown as beautiful, voluptuous females with wide hips and narrow waists, broad shoulders, and exaggerated spherical breasts. That bit was weird, like, I don't know, like a, sphe- a spherical breasts <laughs> attract, I don't know, I don't know. Um, Yakshinis are believed to provide gratification to senses as they have extreme beauty and have power to delight the body. This is word for word right. from <laughs> this uh, academic paper, right? <laughs> Peer-reviewed? <laughs> Just peer-reviewed but by, by other demon perverts. Um, 36 different types of yakshimis are described in the text of tantras who fulfil the different desires of human beings. Now, that also stuck with me. I, don't, I can't really think of 36 different desires and, and unless it's like a curry, a chocolate bar, yeah. a good for Anyway. I think, it's a, I think it's something to do with their age. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah 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 if you're younger you can probably imagine 36 different ways yeah um a, Mc, a mcchicken sandwich is good enough for me oh well is it oh yeah it is a mcchicken sandwich i always say it's a chicken mcsandwich but yes wrong yeah yeah it's a mcchicken yeah. sandwich yeah, yeah. A- anyway these 36 yakshinis they are believed to always remain young beautiful powerful and effective and uh, if they are pleased, they can fulfil the materialistic desires of a person. And, okay, fine. So let's look into a couple of the cases that are covered. So these are two very specific cases. Case one comes from an 18-year-old male who comes from a middle socioeconomic status, and he has no family history of any mental illness and he presented with an insidious onset and continuous illness lasting three years that is characterised by delusion of persecution, 
delusion of reference, delusion of grandiosity, delusion of control, auditory hallucination of commanding and discussing type through broadcast, apathy, poor self-care, and marked socio-occupational dysfunction. What does all that mean, you might ask yourself? Because I did as well. What it means is that he's suffering quite badly from all kinds of delusion, but the biggest thing that he's suffering from are these visits from what he claims are a horny demon. The patient succubus. A succubus. Wow. The patient explained that at night, when he would go to his bed, he would feel the sensation of being touched by a female who he would describe as a good-looking woman who would be able to feel his private parts being touched, leading to erection and ejaculation. As per patient, he did not want this experience. This would happen against his will. He would feel guilty about having such an experience and having sexual contact with an unknown female. He was fully convinced about having such an experience. Very occasionally, he would get up from the sleep after this experience and remain distressed and fearful. In his explanation, he had a strong belief that a witch was doing this and would not be able to point out the exact figure of the witch when questioned. His cognitive functions were intact, uh, were intact, and he had no insight into why this was happening. So this is kind of like, so above, uh, sort of uh, beyond everything else that's going on, so he's feeling uh, like from that original um, description of his symptoms when you look into it, what he's really describing are, um, I guess you'd call it in our terms, panic attacks. He's feeling nervous about work. He's feeling that people are maybe persecuting him for no reason. So he's got all this going on. And then at night, he's visited by this entity who is performing these deeds against his will. And, and it really reminded me of that scene in Ghostbusters 1 where the, uh, the Ghostbuster is having his belt taken off by the ghost. Do you remember this one? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, And I guess that was probably based on a succubus. But yeah. um, this There is... was a bit in that, in that description that, re- that kind of slightly stuck out for me. And I've, I'm sure a, a psychologist it might as well is when he said he feels guilty about it. I, I did wonder if that could be the root of it all. Do you know what I mean? There's something going on. He feels guilty about it. Maybe having a succubus involved is a better way of kind of coping with his guilt than what is actually happening, maybe. That's yeah. a sceptic's view, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, it's going to be pretty difficult to explain to a doctor, like, oh, just having this... Um this sexy time with this uh, invisible lady. So they go on and um, as with all of these things, I have to kind of paraphrase, otherwise this podcast will be about nine hours long. But they do this really in-depth test on him. So everything from his renal function through to magnetic resonance of his brain is tested and there's literally nothing going on. Can't find any problem. So they start him on a drug called aripiprazole and they put him on 15 grams a day. And suddenly all his symptoms disappear, including the succubus. Right. And he then, he then goes on to report that uh, the lack of such experience persists through the treatment of his, uh, his illness. But then what's really interesting is they say, so do you think this ever happened? Do you, do you think you were imagining it? And he can't be sure. So he, he right. agrees that all of the other symptoms are relieved by this drug. And so he starts feeling better. He starts being able to mix with society. He starts being able to do his job. But when they question about the succubus, he says, well, yeah, the succubus doesn't come here anymore but I still think it was possibly real. And I thought right. that was that was pretty That's telling. And do we know what this drug is normally used for? I can't believe there is a... Sp- I can't believe some big, big farmer have gone, 
there's a real gap in the market in succubus visits. We're going to create a drug for that. So I wonder what it was originally for. Uh, no, it is specifically for uh, sex demons. No, it's not. It's for <laughs> um, bipolar disease and uh, schizophrenia. Right. Okay. And that is clearly what the doctors are thinking that he's, he's suffering got. from. Because bipolar and schizophrenia, they would not show up in any of those tests. tests. No, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's um, this, this, the cases follow on, though, with a 24-year-old male. But this one is interesting because they describe that he's been using cannabis, 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 um, in a dependent pattern. And they described it, they described this pattern as an insidious onset and continuous illness of two years duration so they're describing his uh his addiction if you can call it that to cannabis as uh, uh an illness basically yep. Yep. and they put this down this uh this addiction um they say that it is causing what he is reporting which is a delusion of reference so delusion of reference i looked that up that basically means that um he does he can't really work out who he is or what he's doing so he might be you know for example he might be supposed to be photocopying something and then he feels like no what he's supposed to be doing is repairing the photocopier that's kind of like at it at its basic thing but he also um reports a delusion of love which i'd never come across (laughs) in a scientific paper before and when questioned about what he means about that he says and this is a direct quote. Where, uh, he ascribed the voices that he hears, because he was also getting auditory phenomena, um, to one of his female teachers who would express her love towards him in the conversations heard as part of the auditory hallucinations. So he's ascribing a specific figure to the voices that he's hearing. Right. He also says the, te- the tactile hallucinations are coming from the same teacher. He described a sense of vibration, which he would feel all over his body, more so in his thighs and his genital region. I don't know why I laughed about that. It's just reading the word gentle. <laughs> it is <This> funny. Would, <laughs> it is, really. This would occur mainly at night when he would be fully awake or asleep. That doesn't really <laughs> narrow it down, does it? Yeah. So, the rest of the time, it's fine. <laughs> you, you know, we have this ongoing thing of, like, words that are not needed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he was fully awake or asleep and alone, and then he would feel aroused and simultaneously hear the voice of his teacher claiming to be responsible for these sensations. But but was his teacher dead, or are we saying this... this no, demon, no, 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 his teacher is very... demon is taking on the... If you go with it, is if you go, If you go the, with the, the demon, yeah. The, is taking on the thing. That's right. I was thinking, as this is a, a um, an academic paper, when it had the bit about delusion of love, was it kind of referenced as Robert Palmer, 1985? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, it is illustrated by a number of uh, women in short black dresses yeah, holding guitars. Lots of makeup. Yeah. That's right. Yes. <laughs> but when when he would be in this state, he would hear that she is deep in love with him and wanted to have sexual intercourse with him. Right. She would feel his penis. His penis. 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 <laughs> what is it with these words? To, I don't penis. know. I keep tripping over my own tongue. I, th- I think I'm. You, I think you I'm. Keep tri- <laughs> you keep tripping over your own penis. <laughs> I, feel, I feel awkward about reading this out on our podcast. I'm going I'm to be. I'm going to be more scientific about it now. Yeah, he yeah, would feel his penis being touched, and in the process, would have an erection and an ejaculation. He would be unable to describe exactly how she would be doing this, but he was convinced that it was her who was doing this. He also believed that his body was under the control of his teacher and she was forcing him to indulge in sexual activities against his will. He would deny drawing any pleasure out of these activities and would say that he was not able to avoid this experience. This experience was not associated with any active use of cannabis or abstinence from cannabis. So that bit is inserted by um the commentator on right, here. right at the time of the mental status examination his cognitive functions were preserved 
but he had poor insight. So he was able to, uh, he was unable to see cause and effect between um, various actions, including, um, you know, uh, being a, a massive stoner. I'm going to put it in simple terms, being a massive yeah. stoner. Um, How did they get these people? It's just, you know, it's like, because it's quite niche, isn't it? I, I you know, they've either recruited them or somebody is referring people who say it's got some demonic angle. I'm just trying to figure out in my mind how that works. Well, I, I, I think when you read the full paper, these are people describing these very specific instances of experience as a subset of having a wider uh, potential of being considered schizophrenic because this guy does go on to be given quite a lot of different antipsychotic drugs right. there's 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 um one two three four five six seven eight listed which are so difficult to pronounce i'm not even gonna do it right. yeah. but uh, uh, when when he's given those um different drugs the doctors describe that he has a sort of a 40 to 50 percent improvement in his auditory hallucinations but this is the <laughs> this is the key thing here none of them change the fact that he's being given sexy time by his invisible demon teacher oh so it doesn't cure that it doesn't no no but then they put him on something called clozapine uh, which again is an, another different version of an antipsychotic drug, and they put him on a whacking two hundred milligrams a day. I looked into that. That is that is an absolutely enormous dose. That's an elephant sized dose. Right. Um, normally, if you were diagnosed with schizophrenia, not only would clozapine not be something that the NHS would go straight out with, it would be a last resort because it is a relatively old drug. But you wouldn't be given 200. You'd be given between 15 and 25. That's what my research says. But So they whack him on 200 and straight away he goes, oh, yeah, no, I wasn't being uh, visited by a demon. It's all unreal. Right. So, so both of those cases of succubus interaction, they eventually get taken away if you find the right drug. And is that is that the commerce bit of the institute? Is that what they're saying? Is that because I was trying to I was sitting here going, how does this all connect with kind of commercial activity? But it, it, is that what it's about? It's well, about them saying these drugs are good, we should push them more. Well, I I don't think I don't think they're saying that we should push them more. I think what they're saying is because um, of the way that the different health systems work around the world. I think what they're saying is um, that the the, the uh, the sort of the tone of the paper is these people are suffering from something bad and if the rest of the medical profession just sort of ignore it because it is, you know, frankly, it is a giggle factor in yeah. there. I was laughing all the way through it and I shouldn't really because these people are suffering, um, but, you know, it's demons. Um, what they're saying is if you persist, you can you can stop these things happening. But in the first case, he still is like, I'm not really sure if it was real or not. But it's the, the point is that these things are, to all intents and purposes, until, you know, you that guy, he's get given eight different drugs until finally he's One given works. an elephant-sized dose of something and then he's like, oh, well, the demon's gone away. Yeah, and their stories were were um, eerily similar. They are they? eerily similar. Yes, absolutely. E e even to the fact of look, I didn't want this, and you know, well, I mean, we talked about the guilt of the other guy, but it it, it follows exactly the same pattern, which that yeah. always fascinates me. That you know, like I don't, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent sure, but I'm not convinced that sleep paralysis. is is anything paranormal even though there are weird bits of it but there is something weird about this that's the weirdest bit for me the similarity of people's stories with sleep paralysis which doesn't mean there's not a logical explanation rather than a paranormal but it from the two you've given me they sound eerily similar as well yeah yeah so you're sort of describing the old hag syndrome yeah and 
And that's the similar thing. I mean, it's happened to you, right? Yeah, yep, yep, it has. Uh, yeah. I, and and I guess, um, you know, depending on which side of the coin you come from. <laughs> just, you, just so we're clear, not the sexy time one, just the old hag jumping on my chest. <laughs> oh, oh, right, I've no, I'll note that down. Hang on. Right, yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, but I guess what people would say is that um, if things are eerily similar, then... Um, you, you know, you would count it as a, um, you could put it very much into the mental health category because, you know, mental health, we always now say, you know, it's, um, we should talk about it as we talk about physical health. It's sort of yeah, all yeah, connected. Yeah. And one man's broken leg is the same as another man's broken leg. So yeah. one man's uh, sexy demon encounters are very similar to another man's sexy demon encounters because they're a product of a chemical reaction or a neural pathway being activated, which yeah. is causing that hallucination. But yeah. in both of those cases, the the common factor was that there was uh, the, they they were both experiencing other things as well, and they had gone not they gone to seek help not just because that they were being visited by what they thought were succubi, but there were other things that were ruining their life. And if it had only been the succubi encounter, would they have gone and sought help? Yeah, and that's the kind of point I was making earlier, actually. It's like, how did they find these people? Because you're you're right, you're not just going to go, I know, I'm going to go to the doctors because I'm being visited by a sexy demon, forgetting how... You know, like you say, you were, you were giggling reading the paper. I mean, imagine going to a doctor or somebody official with that, and there's the sexual connection as well, which some people would find embarrassing going talking to anybody about. You know, but especially if it's a doctor they don't know, they might find it weird. So, yeah, yeah, that's that is interesting. So, so by 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 your logic, you're saying could there be? hundreds and hundreds of other ones out there that don't involve all these other symptoms that are just pure succubus activity or experience let's say well that's exactly where i went to so bearing in mind that we do know that people you know they would they will go on and um you know there are people that have claimed to marry ghosts and you know have uh have intellect relationships with ghosts i hadn't actually looked into whether anybody was having a purely physical relationship with a ghost turns out there's loads so here's a couple of stories i found on cora and there's there's about a million more but here here are a couple that i thought were um very interesting and they they um i'm in this section i'm concentrating on um succubus and they're both they're both quite short, but they both encapsulate what these people are feeling about it. So this person says, "Sex with a succubus is rather amazing, actually. It happened for the first time for me a couple of days ago. I ordered a binding. So this is I looked this up. This is, this <laughs> probably tells you something about the uh, the person in uh, who's writing the story. So a, a binding is where." you feel like you have a connection with a spirit and you ask somebody um, in the know to sort of put you more together with that spirit. That's the that's the best way I can understand it. Wow, it's like paranormal Tinder. It, yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it, yeah. And he says, I oh, went I bet to... the profile pictures are a bit dodgy, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, sorry, sorry you can't see me. I'm, I'm, I'm disembodied. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a whole new dating app waiting for that. Yeah, I think we should set it up. Um, it says, I went to lay down in bed to relax for that evening. A tad tired, but awake nonetheless, and decided to lay on my side. As soon as I lay down, I felt her on top of me, pushing me over, uh, as if wanting me on my back, wanting to complete the binding. I willingly obliged and got on my back. That's when the pleasure kicked in. Pure euphoria. I couldn't see, hear, or physically feel her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but felt every ounce of pleasure, even the orgasmic release, without the physical release, if you know what I mean. It was all very arousing and very pleasurable. Um, and that, wow. to me, 
I, I read that. The first time I read that, I thought, oh, well, that's fun. I'll include that in the show. And the second time I read it, I thought, well, that to me, actually, if 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 I was looking at that objective objectively, I'd say, well, that is, uh, that's a case of delusion. And it doesn't seem too dissimilar to those two previous cases. I bet if you sat down with that yeah. person, you know, if they go to their GP and went, yeah, I had a binding and the GP's like rating those going, really? A binding? Can I just ask what that is? Oh, it's just where I get together with spirit. Right, okay. And then what happened? Yeah. I had sex with it. Right. Well, And also, it's the, I guess and the difference is they actively sort it out. Like, I've not, I've not heard of a binding. So, you know, it's obviously somebody who's into it has actively sorted it out and amazingly then got the experience now i guess you could argue that's because they were open to it or you could argue they were just so desperately looking for it they made that happen in their head right yeah i think so i think so and one of the things that occurred to me is i wonder how similar that experience is to somebody who says for example that they're having an intimate relationship with let's say a, a a real doll or um yeah. some sort of pseudo ai girlfriend on a tablet yeah. something like that yeah. it it sort of feels like there's there's something there's something i don't know it's almost like there's 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 components which involve something missing in your life which need to be yeah. fulfilled and ticked there's crossed. a need that's being met yes but there's there's something more going the one <laughs> <laughs> yes but there's something going wrong in the brain chemistry that says that this is you know this is a this is a natural thing um but it doesn't it the stories don't always pan out like that and and there are some people who seem more sane about it and we'll get on to incubus in a minute because that that seems a little saner, but there, there's one more story on Cora that caught my eye, and that and the author describes this as happening um, four years ago at the time of writing when they were sleeping in their room that was locked from the inside. And he says, "I was fast and deep asleep, and about midnight I woke up with a weird feeling in my genitals. I wanted to get up, but my eyes were so heavy, like I was drugged." Somehow I managed to open my eyes though. It was dark, but I could see some womanly figure bent over me who was um, sucking my genitals. There's no other way of saying it, really. That's what he says. She was very curvy but lean. She looked like an actress. I mean, not all actresses. There's quite, there's quite a lot of different actresses. There's a lot of different actresses, yeah. I, well, I, I wonder whether he had one in, in mind specifically, but yeah. yeah. He says she looked like an actress. In surprise, I tried to hold her head, but she was still su- sucking. Her hair felt cold, but her mouth felt even colder. That's creepy. I wanted to stop and get up, but I couldn't stop her. To my surprise, I felt very good. I even com- uh, I even combed her hair, and all of this was involuntary. I don't know when I went back to sleep. <laughs> well, then, well I, I mean, I guess he like means running his fingers through her hair. <laughs> it's not like he's got a comb ready for that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to have uh, a comb ready just in case I do get visited. <laughs> oh, is it just me that has a succubus comb <laughs> yeah. in the side of the bed? <laughs> yeah. Rachel's always like, what's that? And I go, do you remember? It's the succubus, succubus comb. comb. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't touch then- the succubus comb. <laughs> <laughs> she, just going on to Amazon now, succubus combs. Oh, five-star review. Hey, we can um, do that as merchandise. Quantum mechanics, succubus combs, merchandise. Do you know what? That's really good. Yeah. I might look into that. Yeah, that's good. Um, but he said, he says, and, the, and again, this is not a surprise. He says, I don't know when I slept. The next thing I remember was waking up. That is usually what happens when you go to sleep. Yep. Um, Although but, that experience sounds um, a bit sleep paralysis-y, doesn't it? Well, that's Not being the thing. able to move, you know, yeah. op- opening your eyes but feeling in that kind of dreamy state, hallucinating. Yeah, maybe, maybe this stuff is almost a, a subgroup of 
sleep paralysis that we that people haven't really put the two and two and two together really so you get the old hag and the hot hag yeah basically yeah yeah well it, it he said like because he says this has only happened once it was four years ago he says i still think about it sometimes it amuses me but i found it very erotic i it it feels like that person probably isn't um there's perhaps nothing going wrong there but there is there is a phenomena and that made me think well maybe there's a phenomena which is overlaying on other underlying symptoms that might make it more prevalent but if you get it you incorporate it into um yeah. the the symptomatic sort of uh expression of whatever is yeah. actually wrong with you at the time but but also if it's tied in with sleep paralysis, I mean it, it can be stress related, but it can just be like a misfiring that happens one night. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and if you don't, I mean I remember when I had my it wasn't it wasn't sexy time one, but it was more bit more sinister. But I think I've said on the podcast before I I was quite disturbed by it for months until I saw a documentary on sleep paralysis and went oh my god that's what I had, if I'd never have seen that documentary, that would have probably stuck with me as a paranormal experience forever. But you didn't actually see the entity, did you? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was, I woke up, I, um, I thought I was asleep, I was dreaming and I woke up from this dream with this, this, this kind of creature in creature it was humanoid but um it wasn't it wasn't an old hag i think it was more some people see a monk don't they it's kind of a dark monk it was a bit like that mm, mm. um and i saw it in my dream and then i woke up and went oh that was a bit scary and then i realized i couldn't move but i was awake and that entity was sat in the corner of the room and then just basically ran at me and jumped on my chest and then i kind of i i managed to kind of almost forcefully wake I think when we did sleep paralysis and Melanie told us her story she said she yeah. worked out techniques of getting out of it just you know by wiggling her fingers or something get almost almost like when you've got uh, pins and needles and you get rid of it like that uh, so I think I did something like that and then it ended but I remember being really disturbed about it because it, it it felt really because you, you go well I must have must have been one of those double dreams and I thought I was awake but I wasn't but I, I knew I was awake it was different and it really stuck with me for months um but yeah but then when I saw it, it's just yeah it's just a a misfiring in the brain and basically your as far as I understand it your um your subconscious is still engaged even though you're awake so your body's paralyzed for sleep your mm. subconscious is in, but you're wide awake, so that's why you hallucinate because you've you've got input. I guess it's a bit like being on an acid trip or something. Yeah, well, I was I was just looking through um, my wider notes because the the way that um, I put a show together is make loads of notes and then just sort of highlight the ones that I want to talk about and then turn that into a story. But one of the ones while you were just talking there that I had actually not highlighted. I have got a story which I took from social where somebody describes when they were 14 um, coming across the old hag and uh, the full description, craggy grey hair, pale greenish face, long nose, all black eyes and saying that she smiled at me and then took off. And when I snapped out of the paralysis, I had the distinct impression that I had had sex. So right. that is that is a direct connection to the old okay. hag. Okay, that's that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you've got if you if you if you go a non paranormal route um, and go a skeptic route, uh, for want of a better word, you've got these this kind of tying in with some kind of stress, anxiety, right the way up to yeah uh, more disorders like like you know bipolar or schizophrenia. But it sounds like there are examples which are more that kind of misfiring sleep paralysis. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm, mm. Yeah, and and there is always that thing of, um, you know, one of the things that had occurred to me was so you, you so there are there are reports of 
um, non-corporeal entities that enter people or attach themselves to people who have drug addictions. Like, it's, it seems to be fairly um, well reported that uh, a, a, an evil entity, if we're going to call it that, attaches itself to, like, alcoholics or drug addicts because it can find a way in there's some sort there's some mechanism by which it can find its way in to that person and attach themselves to that person and i was theorizing to myself i wonder whether those drugs whilst they're treating that person close that loop and drive that entity away so i think it's quite possible that you know you one could argue that even if a a drug restricts the experience that you have this this very visceral sexual experience whether it wasn't real at all you know you could you know i guess on the medical side you'd say well no it was it was a delusion it was part of the schizophrenia but could it still be an entity which becomes attached and then closed off i think that's you know something to consider yeah yeah um, almost almost the theory being well, I guess it's like we've said with UFO stuff and other sightings. It's you could you could argue that they pick people in that position because it's easier to hide there. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, incubus encounters appear rather less, and I wonder what that says about humans. <laughs> yeah. But funny I, that. F- yeah. Funny that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hadn't realised that Natasha Blasik from Paranormal 2 fame yeah, had we claimed... Did, did you yeah. did you come across this? She claimed I, to have well, sex with we, an incubus. Yeah, we... Because we, uh, we did... Do you remember we did a Valentine's special? I think it was last year. And we did a few bits of... You know, we did stories about people who'd married... Um, we're trying to marry ghosts and uh i think matthew mcconaughey as well i don't know if it was a sexy time one but he had a ghost but i remember we we loosely mentioned that story but we didn't go into much detail Um, well yeah well she she claims that she's had sex with basically what it turns out to be um an incubus she she was speaking (laughs) these people are always speaking on this morning she was describing to philip schofield she said, I could feel the weight of a body on top of me. I couldn't see anybody, but I could feel the energy. I could feel the warmth. And at first I was very confused with all that, but then I just decided to relax. And uh, it was really, really pleasurable. And um, uh, when pressed on the experience, she says, this is full-on penetrative sex by a ghost. And... She says that's just what it felt like. And and that is exactly, from a female perspective, that is what those other people are saying from a male perspective. But it's interesting, isn't it, that um, I, I think there's sort of three things going on here. One, she's a, a woman with a, with a reputation and she's being spoken about in, a, in an open forum where she's allowed to say what she feels but the expectation is because she is an actor in sort of mainstream hollywood she's not in any way delusional so it's sort of it becomes uh, more of a story that is curious rather than feeling like well maybe there's something there that needs to be diagnosed but the big the big flashing red light for me yeah, on that I story. Know what's coming. I can see the red flag. <laughs> it, it, it's she's promoting paranormal activity too. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and she's an actor. So, and, and this morning for the, for um, listeners who are not in the UK is a big daytime. Uh, I guess they call it magazine format. Magazine right? show, yeah, yeah. So. And they like those kind of stories. They We've featured stories from this morning before, so there's a bit of payoff on both sides, isn't it? They get a kind of nice, funny, giggly story for this morning and she gets to promote the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, I just thought, you know, it's interesting that it's okay. And in a way, I don't know whether this is my, 
you know, this is just the way I was brought up or the way I think. But it, I'm sort of more inclined to believe her and sort of feel like it's not a, uh, it's not a, I don't know, it's it's not a seedy thing. It's like a, oh and well, I, you know. Yeah. I think I think you raise an interesting point, and I, I've not seen that interview, but. Have you uh, have you seen the interview? You just read a transcript of it. Uh, I I read a transcript and then I watched the interview on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, so that because um, I've watched quite a few of other ones we featured from this morning, and if it's somebody you know just a normal you know public not non-public figure, um, they are a bit more giggly and. Uh, what's the word? They're not horrible to them, but they're a bit more tongue-in-cheek, aren't they? You feel there's a bit of sniggering going on. I wondered if that was the same in, you know, when they've got a Hollywood A-lister on. Uh, I think when you get a Hollywood person on, Philip and Holly tend to, I think in this case it was actually Christine Bleakley, they don't laugh as much because um, there's an understanding, isn't it? They are... They're in at least a peer-to-peer scenario. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting, that. It's interesting, not necessarily that I'm kind of, you know, making some big kind of point, but if you if you go from a believer's point of view, it's interesting that it, it, it makes it more... It makes you understand why people struggle to come forward and get taken seriously because you know if you're if you're joe public you're not going to be believed whereas you will get a better reception if you are more well known and famous and i guess we're guilty of that on the podcast aren't we we go oh it's a reputable person it's a a professor or it's a policeman or whatever but it yeah i guess we're playing into the same game a little bit yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I guess I guess the theory still stands in that um, I guess my where I'm coming to is 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 my thesis uh, does if you believe you've had sex with an incubus or a succubus, does that mean you're suffering from schizophrenia? And I am coming to the conclusion that maybe sometimes, but not always is is what yeah. i think and um, if you go if you go from a paranormal perspective it does raise questions of you know i mean we know most people don't have a physical any kind of physical interaction with a ghost or a inverted commas demon do they unless maybe they're being possessed but then you can argue it's them so so that's what was going through my mind. If you go with it being paranormal and these succubuses and incubuses are really there, exist and visiting people, is the sensation somehow they're managing to manifest in a way that they can touch a human being or is it the fact they are possessing them and creating that feeling internally? If you just, do you know where I'm getting at? Yeah, I do, I do. Well, you know, one of the theories around what I was talking about there about um, people attaching to alcoholics or drug addicts, not only um, do, do you hear mediums talking about the reason they do it because there is a uh, like almost a hole in their aura so that they're able to get in, but it's because those spirits want to experience those things again. They, they enjoy right. drinking whiskey, so they want to... Um, possess a whiskey drinker so that they can enjoy drinking whiskey and you know maybe there's a sexy lady who enjoyed having sexy time and you know she has found a way of coming from the other side to do that again it doesn't again it all comes down to do we believe that these are you know if we if we just go with these are entities now are these formally corporeal humans who are, who are on the other side who are coming back to try and do things on this plane because they enjoyed them and they can't do them on that other plane are they trickster spirits who are just messing around or are they evil entities who are trying to do something bad i mean it is it's difficult to know what an evil entity would get out of 
having sex with somebody apart from perhaps feeding off the energy. Perhaps that's it. Or I wondered, could it be because they want to have a uh, a ghost baby? Could it be that? Is it possible? And we all know the most famous ghost baby. That's a that's a given. But what about uh, this? I found this brilliant story. This comes from a local newspaper in Zimbabwe, um, and uh, the my translation isn't great, so I'm going to paraphrase it. But there's a there's a woman who is from the Gokwe region in Zimbabwe, and she lost her husband. Uh, he died. Uh, she just didn't, you know, it wasn't that she couldn't find him. He was dead. But um, she was living with her in-laws, as is uh, the practice. You know, you, you don't you don't throw the the ex-wife out there, and she becomes pregnant. And uh, they say, how did that happen? She said, oh, I was the ghost of my husband. And then <laughs> various other people came around and went, well, that's, uh, that's interesting because I saw her having sex with this guy and sex with this guy. But it, it, she actually took it to court and said, no, oh, no, really? I'm preg- yeah, I'm pregnant from my ex-husband uh, who came back to me as a ghost. Uh, unfortunately for her, she was not believed. But oh, um, the I, the way that I understand it is that the in-laws were, uh, the judge encouraged them to pay her something um, because she had been married into the family to go yeah. and set up a new home and raise this baby. And it all worked out oh. very well. But oh, her defence was... I had sex with my dead husband, which I don't know if that is such a great defence. It's not the one that I would immediately lean towards. It's literally a phantom pregnancy. (laughs) That is the title. It's not the title of the episode. It should have been the title of the episode. (laughs) But, um, I mean, I'm glad it worked out, though, in the end, because you could, I mean, you imagine her desperation. She'd be like, oh, God, the in-laws are going to shut me out. That you, you must, She must have been so worried to go down that route, right? Yeah, I think I think that I think the tale of that story is probably um, a little bit sadder than uh, it comes across. Yeah. But but to finish up on a high note, uh, I thought, well, if you can get um, human succubi and incubi, does that happen with animals? And I found deep on a thread in a dog psychology forum very very deep i wouldn't advise this took me two hours to find somebody describing that their female dog was being humped by a ghost dog and she was really traumatized about it and asking for a dog psychologist to help and then (laughs) well so other you're right that's a good question other people were saying how do you know this and she said, well, I have come down to see the dog in the utility room in the morning and she's in the position and is wide-eyed and terrified. And then when I go and rescue her, she she's like, she's, and it always happens when she's in, in heat. So the owner suspects a ghost dog is coming in and servicing her lady dog at that time of the the the, the dog season, which so, um, so let, let, let's follow this logic. Mm. My dog's in heat. Yeah, it's night time. It's asleep. Yeah. yeah, it assumes the position while yeah. it's in heat. Yeah. Conclusion must be no, no. She's humping, it, being humped by a ghost dog. No, no. It doesn't just assume the position. It's like it's being vigorously. Oh, so it moves. Pursue, yes, yes. Although yes. I, I, I've come down sometimes, and my my dog often sleeps on its back and it's running. So they do act out stuff. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I know. I, it's I, ta- think, I know. It, I know. It's taken you two and a half hours to find. I'm slightly skeptical of that. I, I, I think. I think you might have 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 hit the nail on the head. And nobody nobody had pointed out that theory but other people were saying no she probably just needs to be spayed her hormones right. are upsetting her she doesn't know what to do with herself that's why she's looking wild-eyed but this person was like no no i'm certain a ghost dog is visiting my dog at night and i need an exorcism that's basically what oh, wow. that's what they're saying but that, so, that would suggest that dogs must be religious as well which is just a whole new 
that's another thread, isn't it? But I have to say, going back to my dog when I come down and it's on its back and it's it's it is literally running at times. It's it's really cute and it's bloody hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Does your dog do that? Does Henry do that? Oh yeah, yeah, and bark and yip and yeah, all all of that stuff. But very, there's a very interesting route to go down. Our dogs religious because if they were Catholic and took communion, they wouldn't just have the one wafer. They'd be, yeah. they just sit there and like, no, I want another one, another yeah. one, another yeah. one, another one. Couldn't well, couldn't do I it guess, really. Yeah, and you can't give them wine. So did she? So did you? Does the story go on? Did she have this exorcism and did it cure it? Very sadly, the thread runs out. We will never know. We will never never know. know. Yeah. But we 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 had the exorcism. We had them done. (laughs) Something worked. Don't know which. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the dog, the 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 phantom dog doesn't come any any longer. Um, But it, it is it is. Really interesting. There was another way I could have gone with this, but I think it warrants an episode of its own, which is uh, the sort of, and we've we've touched on it before, the law of uh, impregnation from aliens. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and also fairies as well. Both of those things are sort of relevant in these cases. And... I think you know the, all of the cases we've covered today. I think are perhaps that they they go the gamut of um, perhaps illness and delusion, wishful thinking, PR, and slight misinterpretation. But I think there's another, possibly more serious side, yeah. where people really do get pregnant and suddenly their fetuses disappear. And their experiences are very different. They don't feel like they're being, they're having sex with a non-corporeal entity. They feel like they have um, been impregnated, but they don't know how. And that that comes into that what we would describe as the the alien encounter phenomenon. Yeah, I think, yeah. and the I, and the I, hybrid I, breeding program and all of that. Well, don't don't have nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine somebody's going to bed now? But I, I remember we, I, I can't remember the exact story, but I remember when we did cover it, uh, we did the Valentine, I think it was not this Valentine's, but the one before. Um, there was a, there was a story of, of a woman, what was that thing, binding, did you call it? Binding. Yeah, yeah, spirit binding, yeah. Yeah, there, I think we did feature a story that the, the woman saying she'd get candles out, get ready, it was almost like, there was almost a ritual she came she did before being visited by the incubus, isn't it? The male version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the incubus. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, <laughs> I was going to say if anyone's got any experience of this, but I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> I, I'm i not sure that's something that we're equipped to deal with. If no, please don't. <laughs> yeah. It's the one one episode we've got. Please don't share any of those stories for for various reasons. No, no, no. I I I, I can't I can't help, and and I'll blush if uh, if you tell me. But like it, if I would be interested in people who feel like um, they have physically encountered a ghost, maybe not uh, to the the depths that we've covered today, but. But like if you've held hands with a ghost if you've kissed a ghost yeah. like is you know how realistic is that is that something that you've done during daylight hours can you make it happen again is the is the circumstances where it happens like could be a, like a really sweet story like you hear them anecdotally but i've never heard them firsthand you know people who feel like their dead wife is holding their hand or they're holding the yeah. hand of their granddad or something like that a bit, I, bit um, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. More, yeah, more more down that angle rather than yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right. So, well. um, yeah, just uh, uh, I guess use protection. Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe that's what we could do as well. We could do um, we could do paranormal condoms as merch. We got two sets of merch that we're doing now. Right, succubus combs and uh, paranormal condoms. Are they? 
Oh, yeah, they have to be real. You have to, yeah. Are they just not like normal condoms, but with a TQM logo on? <laughs> All right, don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's okay. I'm off to the vending machine. <laughs> right, you print the stickers. I'll go to the vending machine. Yeah, um, they'll be they'll be on our non-existent shop really soon. <laughs> I got no, I got this vision. We'll be taking them out of the Durex package and repackaging them. That'd be terrible. <laughs> I'm not even sure that's legal, but no, we can sure. do it for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, just so you're all clear, we're not going to start selling quantum mechanics podcasts. Ma- ma- mainly because the name won't fit on the packaging without being illegible. No, no. You, you can see why they've all got one word names now. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if we can do like a sponsorship deal with Love Honey or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, well, um, we'll be back next week with more weirdness on the Quantum Mechanics. Like, subscribe, review, tell a friend, please. Do indeed. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. the quantum mechanics.